go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Tuesday, NFC East fans, once again, good morning, NFC East. My name, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. I got my man, Tony Shields, with me. Tony's trying to keep me up here (laughs) these first 20 minutes. As I'm sure if you guys stayed up late last night and watched that Monday Night Football game, it it was a doozy, Tone. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's McDaniel. Why not kick the field goal to tie the game? I, I just don't understand it. I don't I don't understand it sometimes. Uh, he went for two instead of just tying the game at 30. And look, man, sometimes these guys fall too deeply in love with the analytics, if you ask me. Oh, oh and you know what, Tone? I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I'm an analytics guy. I, I think I mentioned this before. Right. Probably yesterday. But I think we're getting too deep into analytics like I understand the Chiefs going for two when they did when they took a 30 to 23 lead because if you get to it's 32 23 with what seven minutes left and the Raiders need two scores then but the Raiders going for two where you think Josh Jacobs got got in or not he ultimately didn't why don't you just kick the kick the extra point you have four minutes and 40 some seconds left and you stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, even if they do score, you're still going to have time. I don't know. It, to me, it just feels like these coaches are outsmarting themselves. Yeah, and it kind of makes me appreciate Nick Sirianni just a little bit more because, you know, a lot of people have been talking uh, these past couple of days about the lack of passing touchdowns in the red zone, right? And when Nick Sirianni gets down there, he, does, he, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't outsmart himself. He doesn't overthink it. He says, you know what? I'm at the one-yard line. Quarterback sneak. My quarterback squat 600 pounds. Hey, quarterback sneak. My offensive line could push anybody around. Quarterback sneak. So uh, it makes me appreciate Nick Sirianni uh, more for just doing what it takes to win the game. And uh, again, like just keeping it simple, stupid. Yeah, we're really going deep into this too. Like, so I have to write one thing I learned about every team for CBS every single week. Did you know that Detroit Lions went for on fourth down six times and didn't convert it once? Wow. No, um, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was early, too. Like, like they were doing it early in games. And I, I, I get it to an extent. Like, when you have four from one, four from two. And, look, 
when you have an offense that averaged 35 points per game going into the week, I kind of understand Dan Campbell's rat- rationale. But when you don't convert, when you got punt, though you got to try something else, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's now – I feel like teams are playing Madden, like how you and I would tone. Like, oh, man, you know, I got to go for it. I got to go for two. I got to do this. I got to do that. It, it, it just feels like there's no repercussions for their actions. And they have uh, – what what we call it? a safety net because they can say, "Oh, well, Alex told me to do this." That's a that's a weak cop out to me. You know, it's it's funny because these coaches, it seems like they're starting to lose their their instinct for the game because they're relying so much on these analytics. You know, a guy like uh, Brandon Staley uh, for the Chargers, he's notoriously known for going for every fourth down that he possibly can, and I honestly don't understand it. You know, there's a time and a place for it. It's funny because, because you know, there was a time where Doug Peterson was kind of like a trendsetter in that regard, you know, being aggressive during that, during that Super Bowl run, uh, going for uh, on fourth down. But it was timely. It wasn't egregious. You know, it wasn't like it made sense whenever he went for it. You know what I mean? You understood you, you understood it as, OK, this is a key point in the game. You have an opportunity to shift momentum or take momentum. You have to take it and you trust your guys. Right. You know, Nick Sirianni, same thing. He takes them. He, he uses them. Uses them as, as opportunities to shift or take momentum uh, in, uh, in your favor. And it seems like a lot of these guys, especially in the AFC, you know, um, these guys are just going for it. And I don't know. Is that is, is that is that the Chiefs' effect? You know, I've seen so many teams go up against the Chiefs, and they feel the need to not take the points when they have the opportunity. You know, there's you know there's a whole sixty minutes of football that needs to be played, and a lot of these teams they get into the red zone as if. They're, they're they're afraid they're never going to get there again. Like is 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 that the Kansas City Chiefs effect? Um, like is 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 that their mystique forcing these teams to overthink themselves in the red zone? Yeah, I think teams are trying to figure out. Well, how can we beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? And I think now the strategy is let's see if we can get as many points as we can. Yeah. But look at the Raiders last night. They were up seventeen nothing. They still lost to them. It's it, that's one thing you can't count the Chiefs out of anything. And the only way I think you could be angry and Patrick Mahomes is you got to score every single time. And field goals don't going to do it. Touchdowns are a huge part of this. So in my eyes, it, it, I think you're right, Tony, in, in a sense. It is the angry Patrick Mahomes effect. It's, wow, we got to figure out how we can get as many points as we can. If we're – if we got four from four at the seven, say – do we go for this? Do we go for the touchdown? Or do we kick the field goal and see if we can stop them? I mean, the, the Chiefs, here, here was the crazy part. The Raiders' defense did their job. They stopped them when it was third, when, when they were down one. They stopped them, and they didn't matter. It's, if McDaniels kicks, and again, I'm just going to get this off my chest. Josh McDaniels stinks. He's a terrible <laughs> He shouldn't be an NFL head coach again, and he is, and Thank God the Eagles didn't get them because remember yeah. last year, Josh McDaniels or Nick Sirianni. And I started saying to myself, man, it's going to be Josh McDaniels, isn't it? This, I don't know about this one. And I, I, I just don't like the fact he's an NFL head coach. Same with Dennis Allen. I, and at least the Saints look like they have a pulse with Dennis Allen. The Raiders should be much better than what they are, but they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And, they're not the only team that should be better than what they are, right? The Washington Commanders, they should be better than what they are. When you think about the weapons they have on offense, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, 
Curtis Samuel, and they got two pretty good running backs. Um, offensive line is shaky, but the quarterback position even more. That's even more shaky. And I know you heard what Ron Rivera said about Carson and <laughs> that press conference he had. And if, if, if you guys have, if you guys that are tuned into the live stream right now, if you haven't heard it, essentially Ron Rivera was asked, why is it that the other teams in the, in the division seem to be ahead of you guys or more successful or more productive than you guys? I'm paraphrasing, right? But that's pretty much what was asked. And Ron Rivera just sat back with his nice cashmere sweater. He said, quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> why? why? Why just say that? You're pinning everything on him. And then he kind of, you know, when they ask him to elaborate, he says, like, about the good things Carson Wentz says. I'm like, dude, you're wearing the social media era. We're cutting everything down. Genie's out of the bottle, baby. Yeah, so things out of the bottle. I, you know, which brings me to think, okay, this is the guy you defended all summer. This is the guy you defended all year. I know Carson went through an ugly end zone interception in the final seconds, but we're really going to go down this route. You really want to go back to Taylor Heineke right now? I, I don't know, Tone. It's it's funny how. Carson Wentz revenge game week three, and he may not be the starter week 10 when he comes back to Philadelphia because that's how the commander season is going. And it's not him. It's not just him. But we were debating this in the Slack room at CBS yesterday. They're like, how can you blame a guy who has, you know, 10 touchdowns and he's doing this, he's doing that. I'm like, well, he also has six or seven. It's more than that. You know, it's more. I hate when people, I hate when people use Carson Wentz's stats to like defend him or something like that. It's more than just the stats, man. It's, it's, it's the flow of the game. It's the way he commands the offense or lack thereof. It's, it's the, it's, it's the decision-making it's, it's the leadership. It's more than just the stats. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired of people using, Carson wants his numbers to defend his antics and defend, well, he, he is a good quarterback. No, he's not. Like, the quarterback position, I mean, he's a better quarterback than me, but but the quarterback position goes more than just the numbers. It's, it's, it's more than just the talent. You have to be able to command the, an offense. You have to be able to lead men. You have, to, you have to get these guys to believe in what you're doing. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to be situationally sound. And Carson Wentz is none of those things. He's He's a shell of himself, and he's 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 continued to regress mentally. No matter how many times you see a flash in the pan, you think, "Oh, I think Carson Wentz is back. I think I think he's starting to feel it again." No, 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 he is who he is. Um, it's funny. Somebody called him a a glorified a, glor- a glorified Blake Bortles, and I was like, "Wow, that's fascinating." What's your thoughts on that? So I wanted to ask you this before we got into the glorified Blake Bortles. Thing. Who's better right now? Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? It's 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 sad. It's sad to even have that conversation. I never thought I would be having a conversation. Who's better, Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? And it it don't make no damn sense, Jeff. I'll be honest. I I never thought I'd say that in my life. And you thought everybody thought Carson Wentz has a chance to go to Washington with the most weapons he's had in his career to revive his career, and he just doesn't have it mentally and. It's so fascinating watching him from afar because, you know, obviously he was with us and you see his decision making unbiased. Right. You see you see his poor decision making objectively. And then you realize, wow, he really is a bad quarterback. 
Sure, he can throw a nice ball. At times. He's a bad quarterback. Period. This is my biggest thing with Carson Wentz. And again, he's had good coaching here. But I keep thinking, you know, what if Carson Wentz had Brian Dable as his head coach? Would Brian Dable save him from himself? But we've been through this rabbit hole. What but if Carson didn't get hurt? It's it's so many what ifs with this man's career, right? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's he may not be a starting quarterback at this time next year. If if Washington keeps going down the tailpipe here, and look, the Giants are getting better. That's clear. Even though they're not as talented as Washington, the Cowboys are good already. They're, if I had to rank five best teams in football, I think Cowboys are on that. Same with the Eagles. So you're Washington. Where do you go? You're just, you're just this bad franchise that has a terrible stadium, fans that don't care, the, an owner's a joke, and oh, by the way, the guy you brought in for stability, Rod Rivera, he he hasn't had a winning record with you yet. I mean, Rod Rivera, he may – I put him on the hot seat list to begin the season. Yeah. He may not be the head coach of the commanders next year because I'm sorry. I think when you blame your quarterback like he just did yesterday, I think you lose the locker room. I think he already knows what's coming. That was the signs of a man who, like, just look at his body language. Just look at the way he was sitting there. He, those are the signs of a man who sees the writing, sees the writing on the wall, right? Hands folded, just relaxed, and he and gave you a one-word answer. He didn't even blink. And then he, then once he said it, he realized, okay, let me try to soften this up or you know round this out a little bit. No, he he meant. Typically, your first reaction is your most raw, most unadulterated reaction. And he meant what he said. And he understands that this is my last year here. I might just, I might just call it. You know, I might just move on. I might just take a deep coordinator job somewhere and just ride off to the ride off to the sunset and just retire happily. Like you know, it's. This is it. I'm sorry. This is it. The command. The commanders are dead in the water this year. They're going to be dead in the water until Dan Daniel Snyder sells the team. They're going to be dead in the water until they find a competent quarterback. They're just. It's, it's a shame because they're wasting the careers of guys like Terry McLaurin. Um, they're wasting the careers of guys like Chase. Uh, Chase Daniels and um. I'm sorry. Chase is it Chase Young? Chase yeah, Young. He hasn't played yet. So. Has he hasn't even played yet? Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. They have talent on that team. That's the weird part. They, they're talented. Yeah, they're just very weak at a lot of positions, like linebacker, like quarterback, like safety. And look, Rivera said changes are coming, which I don't blame him for that because when you're one and four, you got to change something. You have to change something. It's you just can't keep the same thing. Like we do this. I, I mean, we, I always joke about this, but like the whole Einstein thing, right? Expecting different results and doing the same things, insanity. Insanity. No what doing in life. It, it and the commanders. Maybe quarterbacks it, maybe not. Tony, I wanted to get your opinion on. I don't know if you were a Temple guy or not, I, but how about Matt Rule basically bombing out in the NFL? You know, eleven twenty-seven in what three? Not even three seasons, and he's already out of the league. He's going to get paid eight hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a month for the next forty-eight months to, if he wants to, just well, he's going to get paid anyway, whether he's a college head coach or not. To just basically, if he wants to sit on the couch and jump on Good Morning NFC East with us, he's more than welcome to because it just did not work out. It, he just never seemed cut out for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, from the beginning, it never seemed really 
clean cut with him in this league. But I'm more fascinated with the amount of money he's going to be receiving without doing without doing anything, you know, to earn it or doing anything, you know, doing anything to signify that he was qualified for, you know, for, you know, for that contract. They gave him a seven year contract. You 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 give somebody a seven year contract as a head coach, you better believe they're going to turn things around. And I just to to receive over eight hundred thousand dollars just to sit on the couch or just to go away, that's wild to me. And it makes me think about player contracts a little bit. You know, you're guaranteeing these coaches' contracts, and at the end of the day, you're taking a risk on those guys as well. You know, you're actually handing those guys those guys the keys to your franchise. You're charging, you know, you're charging those guys with the responsibility of leading your team, leading your most prized asset. They're probably the, the bigger risk, the, the bigger financial risk than the players are, if you ask me. You know, it's just it's 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 it's, it's just unfortunate that he lost his job for one, but it's even more fascinating uh, that a guy gets to get paid after doing such a terrible job. And, you know, that it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, you know, Jeff. You know, what, you know, what's your thoughts on on that aspect of it really quickly? Yeah, so I saw a player, I, I, I forget who it was, but I saw him, like, complaining about how Rule got all this guaranteed money and this and that. I'm like, well, he's, like you said, it's the keys to a franchise. And Matt Rule succeeds, Carolina's going to succeed, and people are going to go to Carolina. It's a chain effect, just like when you have a franchise quarterback. I don't think people realize the importance of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and how good the Chiefs are. Everybody wants to go to the Chiefs because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. No one wants to go to the Carolina Panthers because of Matt Rule, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, whoever his quarterback is. Like, But that's, but that's what I'm saying, right? There's a difference between guys like Andy Reid and Matt Rule. You know, you guarantee you guarantee an Andy Reid contract. You feel what I'm saying? You you guarantee. Oh yeah, that. well, Terry Ryan's guarantee contract, right? Right, and, right. I mean, you're taking I, I, the risk. I, I guess my I got right. I, I guess my thing is right. If you're an unproven guy, the entire contract should not should not be just how just how these players when they come in they're unproven or whatever. There there should be some sort of contingencies or you know team options or or. or or organizational options in these contracts, so you can get out of these long-term deals with these head coaches who are unproven. That's that's just my opinion, man. Because but you know what's crazy you know, about about the whole thing, too. Yeah, it's not just the Panthers that wanted Matt Rule. Like the Giants wanted it. There were other teams that there were multiple teams that wanted Matt Rule, and yeah, you had to outbid to get him to the NFL because. He had a really good job at Baylor, and he was building Baylor into a top ten program, just like he built Temple into a top twenty five program. And, you know, it just didn't work. And I think his culture does work. I think it works at the college the teenagers. level. <laughs> yeah, but hey, some people are like that. I mean, look at Chip Kelly what he's doing UCLA. Didn't work yeah. in the NFL. And NFL players are a weird breed, man. They 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 really are. It's they're adults. You have to treat them like adults. And I think Matt Rule did. I don't think it was that was the issue, but if you don't have the personnel, if you don't have the quarterback, you're just not going to win. Period. And by the way, like David Tepper, he doesn't sound like the most rational owner here. Like he's in the middle of building a practice facility in Carolina and then just stops. Who does that? You mean like as in like there's a there's a there's an unfinished structure in the middle of Carolina somewhere. Yeah, I think it's in Spartanburg, South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, it, it was like not halfway done, but it was like maybe a quarter of the way done. And he's just like, nah, I'm good. 
we ain't doing this. We're not going to build here. Wow. See, 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 that's the kind that's that's what you call F you money. You know, you can just say, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like how this thing is panning out. Let me just uh, borrow this up and throw it in the trash. See, it's that's what I'm saying, man. A lot of money getting thrown around to, uh, to those executives and whatnot. And then, I know Tepper is the owner, but, you know, uh, a lot of money just being thrown around up there just willy nilly. And then they talk about not taking risk or get or guaranteeing more, more more money for these players. It's a it's a funny system. And look, you know, my gripe is more so with the system, not really with Matt Rule. At the end of the day, he's he he's he's a cog within the machine. And look, I'm never going to hate on somebody that that's that 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 was able to that was able to secure the bag like that. Look, I never pocket watch. I'm never player hating. You know what I'm saying? Look, at the end of the day, you got to get it how you live and players going ball. So, look, I ain't mad at Matt. I ain't mad at it. If I was if I was Matt Rule, hey, look, OK, 800K a month just to chill and relax. OK. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not. I, I, I can't yeah. hate the player, man. Just gotta hate yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. What, what, what's the two box song? I ain't mad at you. Uh, I ain't mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh man, now I got that song buzzing in my head. Oh um, man. Have we got Jordan in the green room yet? Um, not quite yet. I'm going to actually follow up with him in a little bit. Um, so, but as a matter of fact, how about this, Jeff? Let's take a break. I'll shoot a couple emails over to him to make sure he's good to go. And then worst case scenario, if he if he pops in, boom, we'll bring him up. If not, me and you continue to rock. How does that sound? Yeah, how's that? And by the way, I, I might be texting him back up too, just in case. Uh, hey, sounds I, good to me. Yep, I always got someone coming out of the bullpen tone. So keep it right here. We're good morning, MC East. We'll be back. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. 
Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Okay, we are back being Tony Shields here on Go Morning Guys. One way for uh, Jordan Schultz, uh, he might have overslept. I think he's on Central Time too. Uh, that's one of the tough things when you get these. Uh, you know, when, when you're on to seven twenty in the morning, it's. I'll tell you what, Tony. I'm the same way, man. It's there are some times where I wake up and I'm just like, wait a minute, what time is it? And we got to go do this, but, but hey, man, we're grinding. If it's just me and you today, it's just you and me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you know I love working with you, Jeff. So uh, yeah. I have a question for you, though. You know, I've been thinking about the way the Philadelphia Eagles have been get, you know, going about their business, right? Uh, they have more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. And some people, that's a concern for them. Some people, it's not. Some people say, look, he needs to show – or Jalen Hurts needs to show that he can score with his arm as well, not just move the ball. Fair enough. Some people say, well, doesn't make a difference. Points are points. A rushing touchdown counts the same as a passing touchdown. So I'm curious to know, you know, do you have any concerns about the overall production of the red zone offense or from the opponent's 35-yard line or closer to the end zone? Because it seems like they're having opportunities to get the ball in the end zone in the air but it's either come back due to lack of execution, penalties, or whatever it may be. So are you concerned, not necessarily about the passing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles, but more so the passing production, the the scoring, the lack of passing touchdowns? Five games in, only four passing touchdowns. Does that concern you in any way? No, because they're getting in the end zone. Um, you know, they do have the most rushing touchdowns in the league, too. We, you know, we can't ignore that what 12 rushing touchdowns for five weeks it's i think people like to find ways to nitpick mm-hmm. when and it's not like everything's perfect here it, it's not but this team does score points they do get yards i mean they scored they have season low in points on sunday a season low in yards and it was and only so like it, 350 like 360 not that's still a good yeah, game and they still came away with the w so yeah should they have scored more on Sunday? Yeah, I think so. I think they left opportunities on the table for sure. Uh, yeah, everybody wants to get on the whole screen pass thing, but I think that was a way to attack the Cardinals' defense. It was high volume passing and see if you can get guys to miss. I thought was, I just thought it was weird. You know, AJ Brown gets targeted three times, thirty-two yards, first drive. You're like, oh wow, this is going to be an AJ Brown day, and then you just don't see him the rest of the day. Uh, to me, I just feel like. There's one football, and there's too many weapons. Like, I had someone ask me, 
where's Quez Watkins at? I'm like, well, why are you in that? He's a four, he's the fourth option, essentially. You know, I could say that yeah. with Zach Pascal. Where's Zach Pascal at? You know, it's the same thing. It to me, it's it's tough, right? Because you want to see him score every single time they're in the red zone. You want to see him every single score every single time they get past the 50. And it's just not realistic. And I don't really care how many rushing touchdowns Jalen Hurts has. To me, Jalen Hurts is 10 touchdowns on the year. Four passing, six rushing. That's his game. He's never, to me anyway, he's never going to be a 40-touchdown passer. He just isn't. That's not his game. But he can combine for 40. It's, it's just a different mindset, I guess. Like, you know, someone told me last night Travis Kelsey was overrated. I, I, I believe it was the term. I saw one of the Twitter minions. And I almost said back, you do realize Travis Kelsey has many touchdowns tonight as Jalen Hurts has passing this season. And that's not a knock on Jalen Hurts. I'm just trying to put in perspective here right. what Travis Kelsey is doing. And – I, I don't know, Tony. I, I just think sometimes we can be a little too nitpicky, and that that's everything. Like, the Detroit Lions had averaged 35 points per game going into Sunday, and everybody's like, well, they're not doing enough. I'm like, well, no, their offense is, their defense is, and finally their offense caught up with them. Yeah, you know, it's you said something. It's interesting. I don't really believe in the whole notion of there's one football, there's too many weapons in football. At least I don't, I don't believe in that. That may, may, maybe in my, in my opinion, that metaphor, that analogy makes more sense in, in basketball. Um, but in football, you know, there's so many ebbs and flows to the game, and there's so many different moving parts, and you know, there's game, there's there's intense game plans involved, and sometimes sometimes players get you know eliminated from the game. You know, like there, there are so many variables and I just don't I, I just don't believe in the notion of you can have too many weapons because the more threats that you have on the field to make something happen, the more lethal your offense can be. As long as everyone mentally and emotionally is on the same page and no one has immense egos, I feel like there's no such thing as there's only one football. You know, there's two. You can never have too many weapons in football. You know, um, I think about the Rams last year when they went and got OBJ. You know what I mean? Granted, they lost Robert Woods, but you know, still they didn't. They they could they could have tried to rock out with what they had with Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and those guys. But they said no. We're going. You know, we're trying to make a run. We're trying to go for it. We you know we're trying to go into the playoffs with not just you know with not just uh an arsenal. You know, with with not just one you know one weapon or two weapons. We're trying to go in with an with a full arsenal. You know, I'm trying to go into the playoffs with the biggest gun. And you know, I can't get mad at teams for you know wanted to give their to give their organization the best possible chance of succeeding by, you know, adding more weapons, you know. So I just don't, you know, I don't really think that. And a guy like Quest Watkins, like Pascal, like you said, fourth, fifth options, they're not going to, those guys are going to get in where they fit in. I'm not concerned about Quest Watkins' numbers. I'm just not, I'm not concerned about Zach Pascal's numbers. The guys I'm concerned about is Goddard, Smith, and Brown. And, and all three of those guys are trending towards 1,000 yards on the season, so. Um, you know, you, you can make an argument either way, but I don't think this team has a problem spreading the wealth. Yeah. See, this is where my – this is one football. It's There's only one football comes in. When Jalen Hurts starts force-feeding the ball to A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith or whoever, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, that's when the mistakes occur. Because that's how Matthew Stafford used to get in trouble with Calvin Johnson. He's just like, okay, you're the best receiver on the planet. I'm just mm -hmm. going to try to give you the ball at every single time. Well – that's how interceptions are made. That's how fumbles are forced. 
because you're looking for a specific player. And I'm going to translate this to basketball being a basketball coach. I tell kids all the time, guys, I know you can score every single time, but we got to move the ball around. Because if we don't, the offense is just going to be stagnant. And then when someone does get the ball, and then you say, well, I passed it. Well, guess what? They're not ready for it because they, they think you're going to make 50 million dribbles to, to score when the offense is going for a box of one, you know, something like that. It's To me, it's I, – I, that's where the whole – this. there's only one football – I think that's why Cooper Rush is playing so well, to be honest with you. He's not forcing the ball, at least throwing the football. He's not forcing it to anybody. Like, he's giving it to Noah Brown. He's giving it to – um, I almost said Amari Cooper. He's not on the Cowboys anymore. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michael Gallup, you know, guys like that. It's he's spreading the wealth, and I, I got to bring this up since we, it is Tuesday. It is Dallas Week. It's officially Dallas Week now. So, oh yeah. If Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones is going to speak today. If Dak Prescott can grip this football, and if he doesn't have the velocity, I think he's gonna have i don't think Dak's gonna play sunday right now neither, neither, right neither now. do i if i'm being honest I, I, don't, I don't think he's gonna play either yeah. but if but if he can grip this football if he can throw it do you play him mm, would i play him no uh but will what would jerry do that oh absolutely you know, Jerry has that kind of ego. You know, I'm paying this guy, he's the number one guy. Hey, if they if, if they clear you, then you're cleared. And that's gonna be a real hard game for Dak Prescott to come back to. Uh, if I'm the Cowboys, I let Cooper Rush go out there, do his thing for another week, and then I throw Dak back out there the following week, you know, you know, to play those uh, tune up games against the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. You know what I mean? Those the, those are pretty good games for him to get back into the swing. But if he goes out there, you know, rusty. Dealing with a hand injury still. Oh yeah, it's going to be a bad day at the office. Yeah, see, this is why I would play him because hmm. I don't know if you can beat Philadelphia with Cooper Rush. Because I thought the Rams exposed him a bit on Sunday. He was only ten for sixteen for hundred seven yards. He fumbled the football twice. He was lucky his team recovered him. Cooper Rush looked like a backup quarterback son. The Cowboys did not win because of Cooper Rush. They they won because their defensive line was that much better than the Rams' offensive line. And their secondary is really good. Their defense overall is just really good. I, I will say this flat out. The Dallas Cowboys better find a way to score 20 points on Sunday. And I think Dak Prescott gives them the best chance to do that. Because if not... I don't care what the Eagles' offense does. I think they're going to struggle at times against this defense. I still think the Eagles' yeah. offense is good enough to get 20. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, ultimately you are, right? You are better with your number one quarterback than you are with your number two quarterback. You are you should be better, right? But there are so, but, you know, but that that would make sense, I guess, if we were dealing with a, a healthy Dak Prescott or as, or as healthy as he could possibly be. But – I don't know, man. I just if, if if they throw him out there in that game in that environment, it just doesn't smell right to me for him. It doesn't seem like a good situation for him to come back to. Um, look, man, reg- I I keep it real with you, Jeff. I don't care who's out there snapping the ball. I don't care if it's Cooper Rush. I don't care if it's Big Time Rush. I don't care if it's Brandon Rush. Listen, like who 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 who, who, who whoever it is, they you know they're going to catch these hands like you know like anybody else. So. I'm I'm just excited for the game, man. I'm so locked in. I I I've, I've circled this game 
on my calendar. I've been looking forward to this game ever since the season ended last year because I didn't like the way it, I didn't like the way it went down. It got we, like we got embarrassed on we got embarrassed one too many times. Jalen Hurts looked like he didn't belong out there. You know, the team just didn't look prepared. Nick Sirianni got out coached. It was it, it was a bad day at the office for everybody. But this is a new but this is a new team. This is a new look team. You know, this is a a team that has a year under uh, a, a year under their belt. You know, within this system, and you know, I expect bigger and better things. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles they they have they have they have enough weapons. They have enough guys on defense to be able to go toe to toe with the Cowboys. They have the offensive line. You know, this is this is, there's no there's no time like the present. You have to stake your claim in this division. You have an opportunity to take a game and a half lead over these guys. You cannot squabble this opportunity. Two things. You actually assume our listeners, our streamers here, know who Big Time Rush is. <laughs> I show my age. <laughs> oh, I'm show my age too. <laughs> I, I had oh to get that off. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> but listen, uh, matter of fact, uh, but really quickly, to matter of fact, let's you know, let let's stay in this Eagles Cowboys um arena real quick. I got a question for you. What's your game plan entering that game? I want you to tell me your game plan, and then I'll and then I'll and then I'll tell you mine. And then maybe maybe we'll meet in the middle, or maybe we have the exact same mindset when it comes to this game. How do you how do you win the game against the Dallas Cowboys? You're the head coach. What's your game plan going into this game, Jeff? How do you stop a blitzing team, Tone? What's the best way to do it? Run the ball. Yep, run the ball. And your bread and butter, get your offensive lineman to push forward. I, I, I mean, I'm not – I don't know if Jordan Malau is going to play Sunday. I'm assuming he is. I think that would be very beneficial for the Eagles if he plays Sunday. But I think that's what I would do. I think I would tell Lyle Sanders, Boston Scott, if he's healthy, Trey Sermon, Kenny Gamewell, guess what, guys? You're getting the rock, and we're going to pound the football down their throats, and we're going to see if they can stop it. I think early they're going to mix in, run and pass, but I think when you get into the nitty-gritty of the game, say when it, you know, is 7-7, 10-7, whatever, you know, in the second quarter, I think that's when you flex your muscle a bit and you wear down that defense and say, hey, we're going to bully ball you, and you're going to have to stop it. We're going to test how good your run defense actually is. I know the Dallas Cowboys can blitz with anybody. I know Micah Parsons is a terror. Same with Darnes Armstrong. Same with um, Demarcus Lawrence. I, I I know Anthony Barr is going to be a problem there. I know what the Cowboys can do. How do you counter that? And then you have them guessing. You can't go in the third and longs with this team. You got to shorten the At field. All. Yeah, as much as you can. If it's third and three, third and four, they're just not as effective. Yeah. You know, my mindset is wear them down, wear Michael Parsons down, just continue to pound those guys, continue to run the ball, out physical those guys. You just outwill those guys. You know, I, if, 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 if I'm me, I'm starting the game with the run play. You know, I was always under the mindset of, you know, you start you, your first play of the game should always be a run play because, well, for one, you never know if you can break it, but also it gives you an opportunity to see what the defense is in. Without high, you know, without taking such a bigger risk, and also you have, and you have an opportunity to still get two, three, four yards, maybe five yards. You know, you have an opportunity to get some yards without putting the ball in harm's way so soon. I've always been with the mindset: run the ball, run the ball first. You know, lead with that. This Philadelphia Eagles team, I, I don't, I don't want them to get caught up in, caught up in the minutia of this game. I don't want them to get caught up in the glitz and glamour of this game. Don't, don't, don't take the cheese. Stick to your guns. Play your style of football. Be physical. Outwill them. 
run the ball, open things up for play action. And that makes guys like Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, all those guys significantly more dangerous if we open things up with the running game. It's going to be so important for Miles Sanders to do his thing. I want to see more from Trey Sermon. I want to see him be more physical as well. Not saying he hasn't been physical, but he needs more opportunities, if you ask me. And, you know, I'm looking at the chat right now and all the chat is saying, yo, we need to run the ball. We need to run right at Parsons. We need to let them know that we're going to out physical those guys, because if you run the ball regularly and you keep them honest, they're going to wear down. That's what happened in that Cardinals game on the final drive. You saw guys with their hands on their hips, breathing heavy. They couldn't stop the run. And there's nothing more frustrating as a defender when you can't stop the run. You start to you start to be overly aggressive. You start to make mistakes. You start to miss tackles. You wear them down, and then eventually you win the war of attrition. If you're the Cowboys, you go for this, knowing that you're four and one, and four and ones. I mean, you're four and one through five weeks. I don't care who you are. I think you're a pretty good team, and the Eagles are five and zero. Oh. You're not in first place. If you lose Sunday, all of a sudden you're four and two. They're six and up. They got the bye. And they got Pittsburgh. And they got Houston. And they got Washington. Mm-hmm. If you're Dallas, you just go, I'll say it, we're on YouTube, balls to the wall. Do you go, do you just pull out all the stops knowing that, you know what, if we lose, we're two out. And not saying we can't catch them, but it's going to be very, very difficult to catch them. We're going to make life very difficult for them. It's, it's almost going to be like, I hate to put out this, but Eagles could be like the Mets in the NFC East in June, essentially. You have the 10-and-a-half game. Two-game two league is not 10-and-a-half game league, but I'm trying to use the metaphor here. You're going to have a commanding lead, and you have a chance to really just take control of this division through six weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and – you know, the Philadelphia Eagles have a real shot here to go into the bye unscathed and still have so much to so much to work on, so much to fix. You know, typically I hate early buys, but I think the way these games have went, I think this team could use a buy just so they can reevaluate the way they've been getting things done, and so they can you know go on a long stretch of wins and string those together and they have a great stretch of games outside of the bar um you know that you know that are pretty good tune-up games i'm so glad actually that the arizona Cardinals game went the way it did you can make an argument that the two toughest games the philadelphia eagles have played or the you know were their last two the jacksonville jaguars where they went down 14 they got tested in the they got tested um in terrible uh in in terrible conditions and bad weather and you couldn't really throw the ball that you really, you really couldn't throw the ball. And they still stuck to their guns and run and ran the ball. They became back and won that game. And then you, you go, you go in a hostile environment in Arizona, uh, you know, to a stadium that you haven't won at in over a decade, damn near. And you win the game close, and you, but you still win it. Good teams find ways to win games. Sometimes it's better to be, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And that's what they were kind of at the end. But regardless, Good teams find ways to win those kind of games in a hostile environment. That told me a lot about the Eagles, where they were mentally, how well they're coached. Even I'm sure we can nitpick the game plan about the screens or whatever, but at the end of the day, they, they, they were able to pull together and win the game, and they and they managed to get back to the basics when it came down to that game-winning drive. That's a that's a championship drive, you know, at the end of that game. You 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 kill about eight to eight minutes, seven minutes off the clock running the ball, and you 
and you dictate the pace of the game with your physicality. That's how the Philadelphia Eagles need to win the game against the Dallas Cowboys, out physical those guys. And it's all going to come together. The passing, the passing lanes are going to open up. You know what I mean? Like, it's no need to feel like you have to get it all in one shot. You know what I mean? Wear those guys down. Slow down. First and foremost, slow down that pass rush because those guys are going to be pinning their ears back and going balls to the wall, like you said. You have to slow down the pass rush. You have to make Micah Parsons and those guys think a second or two twice before they rush the passer. It's going to be so important for, you know, J- Jalen Hurts to be on his keys, you know, to read, you know, you know uh, it's going to be so important for him to be able to read uh, the defense properly. Uh, it's, it's going to be important for his offensive line to be healthy. You know what I mean? I got news for Eagles fans. I'm sure they're well aware of this. I mean, the Eagles are the last unbeaten team in the NFL, right? Yeah. I remember the last time they were the last unbeaten team in the NFL. And they were 7-0. Mm-hmm. They were going into Pittsburgh. I mean, them and New England. I, I'm trying to remember who was the undefeated teams. I think it was them and New England. The Eagles beat Baltimore. And that was a tough game. Baltimore gave them everything they could handle. And Pittsburgh beat New England. So the Eagles were the last unbeaten team. And they were getting Pittsburgh the next week. And I remember everybody was on this hot. McNabb, T.O., no one stopped us. No one stopped And Pittsburgh took them to the woodshed. Absolutely to the woodshed. And everybody started questioning whether the Eagles were a Super Bowl team or not. Could they win the Super Bowl? Is this team good enough? Even though they were 7-1, they lost 27-3. They were never in it, Tone. It's never close. It was 2004. That's why... You're going to get the bet. You got the best you could get from the Arizona Cardinals because you're the last unbeaten. And you were able to hold on. I think that's it, probably the first time they've done that as the last unbeaten team in about 40 years. Because I think the last time they were the last unbeaten team was maybe 81. Again, I would have to look that up. But you're going to get tested every single week. The Cowboys are going to give you their best regardless. But there's that extra incentive. They're the last unbeaten, they're the first place team. Get the, I don't care how bad the Steelers are. You're going to get it. Same with the Texans. If you just keep with – and I think this is good for them. I do because I think when you have that mantra, you're the last unbeaten. You're the team everybody is circling on their calendar. It is going to test you for the playoffs, for the nitty-gritty of December, January. You're going to get everybody's best shot. And I think that's why Jalen Hurts doesn't care about 5-0. and I think this is why they're trying to stay grounded. I think Arizona t- told them, look, we know we're a better team, but we can't, keep our, we can't take our foot off the gas pedal here. We can't put on the brakes. No, because teams are going to keep coming. The Dallas Cowboys aren't going to stop because the Philadelphia Eagles take a two-touchdown lead. They're just not going to. They're going right. to keep pounding. It's... These teams want this. They they want to say they beat the last unbeaten. You're going to get their best shot. And I think every that's single good. week. Yeah. Yep. Every single week. And I think that for a young Eagles team, that's let's be honest yet. I don't think they've hit their full stride. I agree with you 150%, Jeff. And that's not even a real possibility, 150%. But <laughs> I agree. I, I, I agree with you 100%, man, because you still see that you still see this Philadelphia Eagles team. Figuring it out, like like we're right. It's so it's so beautiful. We're actively seeing seeing them figure it out. You know, there are moments where they you know they like execution and they still find a way to outplay those mistakes. And they've yet to compl- they've yet to play a complete game of football. There's so much meat left on the bones. There's so much food left on the table. There's so much money left on the table. It's it's 
they 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 have an they have a legit opportunity and I'm paying attention to certain guys, right? That's why that's why Jalen Hurts, the way he approaches the game, the way he approaches his his preparation and his mindset and the way he conducts himself, you know, the press conferences and just overall as a teammate, you cannot understate that. His mentality, the way he carries himself, the way he delivers his message to the media. He, he he's not just talking to the media directly. He's talking to his team. He's letting guys know, look, okay, it's 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 it's, it's okay to you know do the five and it's okay to be okay. It's five no R. You got it. You can celebrate right now. But twenty four hours later, I don't want to hear nothing else about it because at the end of the day, we you know we trying to go one and zero every week. You know this is not the time to get satisfied with just going five and zero. No, you know you don't win Super Bowls with the best record. You win Super Bowls by getting hot at the right time. You win Super Bowls by you know, by beating the opponent into submission. You know, this isn't a time to get complacent. This, is, this isn't a time to um, be satisfied with where you are. You dig what I'm saying? Like, I'm not satisfied with just a division title. I'm not satisfied with just winning a playoff game. I feel like this team, just because of their mentality, their ability to run the ball, um, the fact that they're able to uh, force turnovers, um, I, I think they lead the league in big plays, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if not, maybe they're in the top five in that category. Um, they get to the, they get to the quarterback. They have the offensive line. They have the weapons. They have the corners. You know, it, like there's no reason why this team can't get to an NFC championship. There's no reason why they can't win an NFC championship. Every team in the NFC is, is severely flawed, more flawed than us, if you ask me. And I I, I just I just trust Jalen Hurts' mentality in the end. I trust his preparation in the end. We were talking about Carson Wentz earlier, right? It's more than just being able to throw the pill from point A to point B is is more than just having an arm talent. You need to have the mentality. You have you need to have you need to know how to be a quarterback. You watch Kyler Murray yet uh, on Sunday. You watch Jalen Hurts. Those guys approach the position in two different ways. You saw you saw a grown man playing for Philadelphia, and you saw a guy that was too emotional making erratic decisions. Uh, you know, you know, for Arizona. That's you know, that's just my mindset when it comes to it. The mentality will get you further sometimes than the talent would. This is. An interesting stat, too. I was looking up the last unbeaten team and where they ended up. You know the last unbeaten team to win a Super Bowl? You, how long do you think it's been? What was it, like the 70s or something? Like <laughs> No, 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 no. You're, you're going a little too far. It, 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 this is more <laughs> our century here, Tony. It is in the 2000s. It's actually the 2006 Colts. They are the last, last unbeaten team to win a Super Bowl. So it is hard. And – I'm glad you brought up the Kyler Murray thing. I, I kind of wanted to bring back the slide again. So Cliff Kingsbury said that was, as coaches, no matter what he did, he was going to spike the ball. But they thought he got the first down. I think Kyler thought he got the first down. And, and this is one thing I like about the Eagles. So there are five guys, basically, in Cliff Kingsbury's helmet telling them, clock, 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 clock. Well, that doesn't help the quarterback. And, yeah, the quarterback made a boneheaded move, made two boneheaded moves, honestly. But can you fault the guy making boneheaded moves when you got boneheaded coaching staffs that, you know, they, they can't challenge it. They can't challenge the spot because it's under two minutes. And he did give himself up short of line. He was short. But you basically cost yourself an opportunity to kick a shorter field goal or go in for the touchdown. Because I think they still have plenty of time left. And the way they were moving the ball – I, I think they could have gotten at least, at the very least, 20 more yards with the time they had left. But 
Obviously, they couldn't. They spiked the ball, and Amadol missed a 43-yard field goal, and he's getting he's getting blamed. Murray's getting blamed. But in reality, the blame looks like it's on the head coach. Yeah, you know, that that dynamic between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, it just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's a long term marriage to me. You know, both those guys are entirely too emotional. Like they're they're a bit too reactive. They're not proactive enough. You know, when something goes wrong for Jalen Hurts, he's the same guy. You don't see the you don't see you don't see him throwing his arms up in the air. You don't see him pointing at guys, telling them what they should have did or shouldn't have did or whatever. He moves on. Next play, it is what it is. Kyler Murray, you see, like I'm, I'm watching the game. I see him just huffing and puffing, you know, pointing at guys, blaming, like just being up, just overall, just being, just not being a leader. And like I said, the quarterback position is more than just the talent. You can say all day, yeah, Kyler Murray is probably more talented than Jalen Hurts. Okay, I, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, who commands the offense better? Or who takes the lead better? Um, who handles themselves better through adversity? You know what I mean? Nick Sirianni, a guy who can wear his heart on his sleeve as well, but he doesn't allow it to influence the way he goes about the game. And, you know, Kyler said something really interesting in the press conference. He said, you know, the, you know, there were so many people, you know, they were yelling in my ear. Like, how many people are talking to this guy at one time, Jeff? Like, like, like that's, what I, that's what I'm trying to figure out because, you know, I'm I'm trying to figure out how do you make such a bonehead mistake? It's one thing to slide too early. Okay, whatever. But you spike it, you know. It's 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 just so many things that went wrong in that situation. And I think it goes far beyond just you know Kyler Murray, man. It, it even goes to Cliff Kingsbury as well. And you have to be grateful for the way um, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts go about their business, man. You know, they're one thing I will say. I haven't seen them lose a game because of a mental error. I tell people this: personal matters, coaching matters. It does. I saw people. I, I respond to to Devin Kane yesterday because you know Devin. Devin got upset. People were saying the Eagles got lucky. First off, I don't believe in that. I, I never believe in Eagles got lucky. And I know a lot of people like to follow social media and read that stuff. I'm like, you know what? As a Phillies fan, I was told the Phillies got lucky this weekend. How do you get lucky when you win a three-game series? I, You know, it's the same with football. How do you get lucky? Is it the Eagles' fault Kyler Murray slid early? Is it the Eagles' fault Cliff Kingsbury is not really that great of a head coach? I mean, he got hired as an NFL head coach and had a losing record in college. I, I mean, I think he's been a lot better than I thought, but I think a lot of that has to do with the personnel, with what Steve Kimes given him, with Kyler Murray. But I think, to me, it just – yeah, you're right. How many voices were in this this kid's ear? It's probably more than two. And if they've been practicing clock, 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 Kyler Murray didn't even have time to process, oh, I didn't get the first down. And you should notice this because you got to see the chains moving. If they exactly. didn't move those chains, you didn't get the first down. Right. So, it's just it's just lack of awareness, in my opinion. Yeah. Like you can't it's just a lack of awareness by all parties involved. Yeah, it's it, and again, this is the difference between the Eagles and the Cardinals, and we might see that Sunday. Everybody's saying what a great job Mike McCarthy's doing. I don't think it's Mike McCarthy. I think it's, it's the guys around him. I think yeah. it's Kellen Moore. I think it's Dan Quinn. I think they're the brain trust behind the Cowboys' success. And then you got the personnel. I think Mike McCarthy is more of a delegator at this point. Yeah, and that and, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's, oh, nothing, it's it's nothing wrong with that. You know, you Sirianni's doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I I don't mind CEO coaches. You know what I mean? I just hate when coaches feel like they need to do everything. 
You know what I'm saying? I like my coach that I like I like my coach that's able to walk around the sidelines, you know, you know, make sure he's constantly checking the temperature of his players, you know, handling everything situationally, you know, making sure he got his eye on the clock and the eyes on, you know, the, um, the chains, all that kind of stuff. I, I like that kind of stuff, man. But overall, I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a very strong chance of winning this game this week, um, mainly because there's so much uh, instability within that Cowboys organization at the quarterback position. And I just don't think Cooper Rush is someone that I'm afraid of. I feel like if you he's a statue, I feel like I feel like if you get to him early and often, his hit that that clock will speed up. You know, he hasn't really been he hasn't really been touched, you know, that much. I think that changes this week. But, you know, we have a few minutes left in the show, Jeff. Um, you know, I, I want to get your final thoughts, you know, um, on the Cowboys Eagles, you know, for today. You know, we're going to break this down as the week you know continues to go on. But I want to get your final thoughts on um, everything we discussed today. You know, Tony, the bottom line is, I do think the Eagles win too. I, I know it's Tuesday, right? I I take Dallas a heck of a lot more seriously than any Eagles fan. I, I think Dallas is a good team, and I think you can't sleep on them. But you cannot let this defensive line take over the football game. You can't do – and look, Dallas got quality wins here. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want to hear what the Bengals' record is. They still went to the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear what the Rams' record is. They still went to the Super Bowl last year. I did not think in the wildest dreams the Dallas Cowboys would be 4-1 going into this game. But they are. And they beat a 4-1 Giants team. Say what you will about them. They're 4-1. They beat Washington. They, they beat, in my opinion, they beat the last three teams they've faced to a pulp. And because of their defensive line. Because they're getting into with a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a little different than the last three quarterbacks they faced. But the story is still the same. They're going to blitz him. And Jalen Hurts, I think, I got to look at his quarterback rating versus split. It, it was pretty, it was solid against Arizona. I think it was in the 80s. And look, it, I still think that's part of his game he needs to improve on. But we also got to count the running effect in there, too. Yeah. And he so, completed 72% of his passes, by the way. Exactly. He played really well in zone coverage. So you can't beat him in zone coverage right now. I think he still has the number one pass ring in zone coverage in the NFL. So to me, it's going to take a Micah Parsons-type difference maker, which they have, to stop Jalen Hurts. This is why I'm so hell-bent on, A, running the football, and B, keep it simple, stupid. Hey, man, straight like that. You know, we appreciate you guys, as always, for locking in on Good Morning NFC East with Jeff Kerr. You know, you guys, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the live chat, especially if you're watching this after the fact. Make sure you guys comment below. We love to hear you guys' thoughts. You know, what's your thoughts on this Eagles-Cowboys matchup? You know, what's your thoughts on Carson Wentz potentially being benched? You know, are the Cowboys a true threat? Who do you guys would rather play? Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? So many narratives to discuss, but we appreciate you guys always for locking in on the content. Make sure you guys are subscribed to Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys check out all of our other content on jacobsports.com. You guys were locked in on. Good morning, NFC East, with Jeff Kerr. I'm your humble host, Tone DeShields II. One love, stay humble. Yep, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow. We got Kevin Boyler on the show. Ah, Kevin Boyler, the good friend of the show. Yep. You know he's going to bring it. The Giants are 4-1. They got a big game against the Ravens. So stay humble, guys. Have a good day. Definitely. Take care, you guys.
greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.